This episode of Philly's Therapy is brought to you by Loop. Ask any ball player, and they'll say there's no better feeling than coming up with a big hit when it matters most. Download the number one sports card app and get those big hits for yourself. Join Loop and get access to live sports card streams all day, every day. Our community hits cards that are worth up to thousands of dollars every night. Get a piece of the action for yourself. Download Loop for free today at loop.cards. That's L-O-U-P-E dot cards. Loop, sports cards 24-7. Gentlemen, boys and girls, fanatics of all ages, I come to you with this, our 12th episode of Philly's Therapy, at a moment of hope. It feels like for the first time in an age, for the first time in a generation, for the first time since Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, and Jimmy Rollins were patrolling the yard, there's a reason to really believe in the Phillies again. It's not a little bit of an exaggeration, not, not even a little bit of hyperbole. Coming off of one of the most exciting weekend series I, I can remember, because my memory only goes back so far these days, the Phillies have us believing again, or maybe I'm only speaking for myself. But really, what I wanted to do on uh, this episode here is try and capture some of the energy of what went down this weekend talk through it and see if this is really the moment where we can start to believe in the Phillies again. And I can't do that alone. So I've enlisted a little bit of help. Um, two folks are, are kind enough to join me on this episode. We have our, our first returnee, and that's Destiny Legardo from Phillies Nation, who's, who's kind enough to rejoin us. And our first timer this week is Leo Morgenstern of Sports Illustrated, uh, the Phillies branch, Phillies SI. Um, both of them are as in touch with this team as and anybody you'll read out there. And they're going to help me understand whether my feelings of belief and actually just wanting to dive headfirst into this team again are legit or if I should pump the brakes a little bit. So let's get started and introduce them to you all. Um, you're probably familiar with them both for uh, their writing. Obviously, they're very high quality writing, social media feeds. Um, Destiny, Leo, how are you two doing? How are you feeling? Oh, I'm good. I'm, Thank you for the. Uh, we're already going to interrupt each other. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you after you. <laughs> That's what we want. We want to capture that energy. So, Destiny, just just go ahead. Say hey. Yeah. What's up? Thanks for the invite, Paul. I I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to be here. And don't pump the brakes at all. We can't we can't afford to do that. Okay. So, Leo, your team. I believe this is this is the time to believe. I'm. I am partly because I can't get through the season without believing. Um, okay. you, know, uh, you know, about a week and a half ago, I was at a point where I was, I was worried about having to watch the next 120 games or whatever. And now I am, now I'm fully back on board. So the, the thing that I'm coming back to that maybe is, is holding me back from really just going 110% in on this thing right now, because I'm getting there. You know, you watch a game like Sunday's game and and you kind of have no choice but to get at least a little bit excited. Is all of this happening in the immediate wake of of Joe Girardi's firing and Rob Thompson's uh, interim promotion? Uh, like a real change 
or is it just great time? Like, like De- Destiny, help me out here. Is this just great timing, or is this really something that we could see the Phillies doing for maybe a couple of weeks and try and get back into this playoff race? I say this is 75% really great timing, and then 25%, this is a good thing that could get them back into the playoff race. Mm. They, okay, so talk, <laughs> talk me down a little bit here. Talk some realism into me. I mean, they got a, an Angels team that came into the series with an eight-game losing streak. Um, and, you know, the Phillies were in a, a very similar spot, but I, I said this earlier on another podcast, I saw a lot of terrible pitch execution, uh, pitch execution from the Angels bullpen yesterday, and they took advantage of that and, and good for them. Sometimes they don't, but I really want to see how they play against a really good Milwaukee team. And then I'll evaluate whether this team is back or not. Yeah, I well, I think that they. Uh, I very much agree with Destiny that it was it was just as much the Angels struggling as the Phillies succeeding, but I think this is something we haven't seen the Phillies do enough of this year, which is take advantage of these moments when other teams are struggling or just get some get runs in the right places. I think they've, I think they've played better than their record suggests to this point, and this this Angels series was them getting a few of those wins back. And that's one thing I keep coming back to from this past weekend in that I think you're both correct in that the Phillies definitely were opportunistic. It's not as if they executed on every single part of their game perfectly, but there are pieces that went into this that really kind of made me think, oh yeah, all right. This team had not been pouncing like that. They hadn't been seizing those opportunities and been opportunistic. You could look at, and this is just one example you could look at the high concentration of Mets games early in this season, right? As a, as a chance for the Phillies to uh, get an early lead in the season series, bank some wins, possibly get um, uh, what is it? 13 of their 19 matchups out of the way with a winning record, maybe and get off on the right foot. And that obviously did not happen. And you can see that throughout the year so far, there have been these little things peppered in where there have been chances for them to bank some of these wins. They've had a couple of, of, bad blown saves they've had a couple of chances where their offenses jumped out to a lead and then sat on it for seven innings none of that really happened this past weekend against the angels they held mike trout over the series which is you know not nothing shohei otani barely did anything they obviously missed him pitching but maybe that's part of this opportunistic thing what i'm wondering is if we're not fully on board after this and they're in the midst of a four game winning streak now, it's great. But yes, they are still under 500. If we're not really believing yet, and Leo, we'll start with you on this one about how much more do you think it's going to take for you to um, take the last bit of hesitation out of the equation and really be like, okay, yeah, I'm watching a serious contender here. Well, I think for me, the number one reason to still be worried about the team is just the hole that they've dug for themselves. I think this is a talented enough team to make the postseason, but sitting, I think, five games under 500 right now and way behind the Mets, they're just, they're running out of time to catch up and get back into the postseason race. So I think the point where we really start believing in them again is once they pass 500 and get within a couple games of the wildcard spot and as long as as long as they're not in a hole, I think they're talented enough to be one of the six best teams in the NL and make the postseason. All right, well, that sounds reasonable enough to me, uh, Destiny. I know you're you're a little bit further away from truly believing. Does that that sound about right to you still too? Yeah, I at least I think I need to see them end this month 
at 500 or at least above 500. It's kind of crazy because the way this Phillies team is constructed, the terrible month they had in May, they could have an equally good month any other month, especially when you consider the type of schedule they have. But I do need to see more consistently the offense having better at-bats throughout the game and not just you know, in the first few innings, I need to see the bullpen throw more strikes. I, I do give the bullpen credit, especially yesterday. They did really keep the, the team in the game. And mm-hmm. Bryce Harper's not tying the game if Nick Nelson didn't do his job, if Christopher Sanchez didn't come in and, and give them a really good outing. So um, those are all positive signs. I, I still need to see um, Zach Wheeler. Looks like he's having another Cy Young season that needs to continue. Um, Aaron Nola, his last outing was a little bit shaky, but I, I think he's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, the rotation still needs to carry this team. Um, and I need to see a month where they're seven, eight, nine games over 500 for that month. And then hopefully they're they're back in some sort of actual wild card contender area where who knows? Maybe I don't think the Mets are really going to collapse this year, but maybe they could squint their eye and say, hey, oh, maybe man. you have a chance at the NL East. Look, if they do that, you know, that would. All right. Maybe it's not seven back with 17 to play, but it would definitely be its own version there. They've been up double digits on the Phillies for most of this year. I, I think, you know. One thing that that I'm trying not to lean too hard into because I've been burned by thinking about things like this in the past. I was watching MLB Network earlier today and they had a stat package come up um, that showed that the Phillies have one of the league's easier remaining schedules just based on what every other team's record is today and who they have left to play. I think it was somewhere around fourth or fifth easiest and the combined winning percentage was somewhere around the 470s, if I'm remembering Mm -hmm. right. Never heard of that before. It and that's <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, it it's good. I mean, it's there. It's right there in front of them. They are going to be playing teams that have not played that well on the whole. It's right there in that number. Is that enough, or are they too far behind? And 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 Destiny, since you <laughs> so appropriately mentioned that, we, oh, we've never heard anything like this before. I'll turn to you first. Uh, is the easier schedule? going to be something this team can finally capitalize on or is it just going to take more than uh, a theoretically easier uh, trip into October I really do think this team can really benefit this year from an easier schedule and I do think the offense can really beat up on some bad pitching staffs and you have to remember they haven't even played the Nationals yet Mm -hmm. Um, and they they played really well last year against them so I do think it's a little bit different than last year. I don't see them faltering as badly as they did against the poor teams. You know, I know there were some exceptions this year, like the Rangers series, the Rockies at Coors Field, which, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Mets and Braves have no problem with the Rockies this year. Right. But apparently it's, I guess it's, it's isolated to the Phillies really. But um, yeah, I, I do see them taking advantage of, of teams like that. I feel like I know they have Arizona next week on the schedule. Mm-hmm. They might be a tougher opponent opponent than they than they seem. So they have to be careful to play down to their opponent opponent. They do have the tendency to do that. So um, you got to hope that with a new manager, with a new voice, and seemingly a fresh start, that they come into those games and they say to themselves, like, "We're not doing the same thing that we did last year. We're going to beat these guys, 
and we're going to go back and we're going to get back into this race. Yeah, and I think there's a bit of a a narrative surrounding the Phillies that like, really came from 2020, especially that they can't beat bad teams. Uh, and I think losing a lot to the Marlins in recent years has really spurred yeah. that on. Mm-hmm. But I was I was I was just looking at the numbers from last year, and I think they had the. 17th best record in the majors against teams below 500 and the 16th best record against teams above 500. So they are, it's not, I think it's, it's easier to remember all the games that they lost to the Marlins and other, and I think they lost a lot to the Diamondbacks last year, but ultimately they can beat bad teams. They will beat bad teams. And yeah, they've got, they've got 19 against the nationals left. So they've got plenty of bad teams to go. Sure. But I, I, I think we're at least all in a little bit of agreement that the team as constructed probably could do some things with the schedule that's ahead of them, but they're going to need some help, right? The depth is still a little bit of an issue. There are still, you know, cracks and flaws in the roster construction, whether you want to point out the defense for the hundredth time or the rotation depth, not necessarily their top five, but the guys who might be coming up behind them, um, the bullpen, even though Destiny, like you mentioned, there was some good mop-up work being done to help keep them in the game. There's got to be some work. There's still got to be something else that needs to happen here. Or, or is the youth movement and relying on the guys who are already internal, you know, the ones who are like Stott, Mickey Moniak, uh, Nick Maton in a reserve role, maybe Francisco Morales in relief. Is that going to be more of the the push that gets this team back into it? Or are they really just going to need to try and find that perfect July trade acquisition in order to really make a difference? Well, I mean, I think both can happen. They could find someone, uh, preferably right now, a bullpen arm, maybe a second baseman at the trade deadline. Maybe they get a second baseman before just because they're so short on infielders. But it Mm -hmm. does feel like if the team is going to make some sort of push, they're going to need to get really good play out of Bryson Stott, um, Mickey Moniak when he's starting in center field. If Nick Mayton isn't too badly hurt, he's going to need to contribute. So they're going to have to do what they haven't done in recent years, which is rely on their depth. And it's a, a big reason why they failed to make the playoffs. Um, so I guess, yeah, you hope that this youth movement, it's really, I guess it's nice to hear that Rob Thompson is publicly acknowledging that playing young players gives the whole team some sort of energy boost. And I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. So um, there's going to be points where they're, they're going to struggle and Rob Thompson would have to go to veterans, but I, I do think he has to rely on those, those guys to, to contribute to a winning team. And that's a nice call out. Le- Leo, what did you think about uh, Thompson just coming out right out of the gate and saying our young players are key playing them is important. We're going to see how far they take us. Did that resonate with you or did it seem a little bit like lip service? Well, for one thing, it was just a great sign because he stayed true to his word and he did play the young players and they got the job done. But I think the best part of hearing that is that it it sounded like it was his way of saying, I'm not going to do things the way that Joe Girardi was doing them. Mm. I think that was one of the biggest complaints that a lot of people had with Girardi's managing was favoring the veterans over the young guys, not giving the young guys enough of an opportunity to succeed and prove themselves. And the fact that Thompson right out of the gate, one of the first things he said was, I'm going to play the young guys. It felt like he was distinguishing himself from Girardi. And I think a lot of us have been a little worried as as he was Girardi's bench coach for so long with the Phillies and with the Yankees. Is he just 
going to do things the exact same way. And it was a really great sign for me that, no, this is going to be different. Oh, one thing I do want to add before you go on, I know it's been yeah. only three games and we don't know a lot about Rob Thompson, but he doesn't strike me as a guy who says things just to please whatever audience is listening to or just to do it for for lip, for lip service. Hmm. Um, I, I do think he actually believes in playing these young guys. And I, I do think it's unfair to say that just because he's worked under Joe Girardi for so long that he is Joe Girardi. If you're in his position and whoever was above you was fired and then you get to replace that person and everyone's like, oh, you're just going to be like that person. Well, that that's not true because everybody's different. I think Rob Thompson actually does believe that if this team is going to win, they have to rely on the guys that are in the room because like Bryce Harper said last year, they can't just keep buying and buying and buying and adding and adding. They have to mm-hmm. trust the guys that are already on the roster and you never know. They expect Bryson Saw to be a really good player, but what if Nick Maton is that guy that can step up for Gene Segura? That's you know, that's one less guy that you have to buy, and that's one more developmental success story for this team. It, it it's an it, it's an interesting point, right? Because I, I found myself thinking this in the immediate aftermath of, of Girardi getting fired that, oh, okay, they're promoting Rob Thompson. Well, wait, how is this really going to be any different? Um but I do think that it is an important point to Try and take a step back from that. It does set up for a little bit of, oh no, is this going to be the same thing? But it's not prescribed. It's not a foregone conclusion that things are going to be the same. I I think where some of the hesitation comes from there, and I'll link my immediate hesitation to that, is that we have been stuck as fans watching this team link just enough of the previous era to the next era there's enough of a through line where it seems like they haven't been able to completely shake the past of the last 10 years at any point to really get a a fresh kind of i'll call it spin but a fresh feeling around this team i think the closest we came to that was when harper was brought on board because he was you know such a seismic move coming from another organization uh, superstar in his mid twenties, that's completely different from what they had been trying to do in the mid 2010s. But all of these other moves over the last few years, and there have been so many of them now in the last four years have all seemed like they've had one foot still in the doorway. And I'm wondering then, and we watch, I, I drew on, I drew a little bit of inspiration from, you know, watching, the team celebrate during the the game on Sunday, both when Harper tied the game and when Stott eventually won it, that it seems like there's a feeling around the players and they're the best barometer of this, that something truly is different. They were celebrating that the game got tied in the way that it did. They celebrated the win. There was energy. They looked like they were into it. Leo, are they into it? Can we buy that they're into it? Can, can we really truly think that finally this team is going to look like they're interested night in, night out in winning some of these games and trying to get back into this race. I mean, of course, it's it's early to say. And after such an exciting weekend, of course, it's going to feel like they're they're uh, they found a new level of excitement. But some something really did feel a little bit different about that last series and that exciting win. I remember just like a, about a week ago, uh, a game where they tied things up late in the game. 
if Boehm got an got an RBI, and it, mm-hmm. nobody even seemed that excited about yep. it to me. And I t- I took note of that that this is late in the game. You've tied things up. You need this win, and there was barely a celebration. And then on Sunday, uh, Harper, and of course it's it's Bryce Harper hitting a game tying grand slam, but. Everybody cared so, so much more than we've seen them care in a long time. And it was it was only a game tying home run. It was only uh, the eighth inning. So it wasn't it wasn't a walk off yet. And there was still that incredible level of excitement. So I I hope that lasts. I I think it can. If you're not pumped after that game, then what are you doing in the major leagues? And that's my (laughs) perspective on it, man. Check your pulse. Yeah. I don't. If you were watching the beginning of the broadcast on Friday, Dave Dabrowski joined the TV booth, and he he's, he had some really interesting things to say. He said that the club looked a little tight, um, mm. and I part of that is the players underperforming to expectations and maybe pressing a little bit. Um, and I think part of that also falls on the manager as well. Joe Girardi is not a, a fun loving. Uh, no, like no offense to Joe Girardi, but that's not who his personality is. <laughs> right. um, so yeah. yeah, it would be different if, if Charlie Manuel was in there. I don't, I don't think you would be calling a club tight, even if they were struggling, but um, you know, I, mean, I don't really know much about Rob. Like all I could say, like he, he's, he's managed three games, but I think he's right. a little bit of a looser personality than Joe Girardi and the club can really feed off of that. And hopefully, you know, I would say, Sunday's win was probably one of the best regular season. Well, regular season because there hasn't been postseason the last ten years. It's one of the best Phillies wins of the last ten years. <laughs> I, to to yeah. Rob Thompson's personality and perhaps one other good sign about him. So he was he was with the Yankees for Girardi's entire tenure over there. But after mm-hmm. Girardi left the Yankees, I think it was actually Gabe Kapler who picked Rob Thompson to come yeah. over and be the Phillies bench coach. So there is, it's something interesting that he's both, he was the first choice for a manager like Kapler and he's the first choice for a manager like Girardi who have pretty distinctly different styles. Another good sign that Thompson isn't just a Girardi 2.0 and of how well respected he is in general around the league that two relatively different managers would both pick him as the bench coach. I think I remember reading about it. I don't want to falsely cite something but um Gabe Kaffler when he was hired he kind of wanted to do what he did in San Francisco which is hire a younger coaching staff that are more so coaching prospects and not um traditional baseball men who he already knows which is prevalent throughout the game um and I think I read a report saying that they that Gabe Kaffler wanted to hire the current Giants pet uh, bench coach which I think is a uh, Kai Correa I think his name is who's who's really um a lot of people like him around the game, but um, Philly's management said, no, I don't, I don't, we don't really want uh, a young guy in that position. So they went with Rob Thompson, who's kind of seen as that traditional baseball guy who could balance out someone as inexperienced and the manager's role as Gabe Kapler. So I, that was just something interesting. I have to look it up again because I'm not, I'm like 90% sure that's correct, but I, I remember reading about that. It makes sense. All right. So thinking forward now, if we're to believe that this momentum can sustain itself and this team can actually play its way back into serious playoff contention. Won't really even think about necessarily the East. Technically they have time to make up this deficit, but we'll, we'll play things a little bit slower for the month of June. 
what's left of it, the three weeks or so that are left of it. What's one thing that this team needs to do or needs to have happen in order for them to still be in contention come early July and position themselves to be a buyer at the trade deadline and keep making that push? Leo, what do you think? I think they have to survive Segura being out for the whole month and longer, mm. and that means Bryson Stott stepping up. I think it would be be great if the offense keeps hitting like they were last series, be great if the bullpen somehow figures things out, but I think the most likely path and also the best thing that they can do to succeed is Bryson Stott really stepping up and adequately filling in for Segura, who was probably the second best player on the team for the first couple months of the year. Destiny, how about you? What do you think is one thing that this team needs to do better in order to stay in it? I guess I'll say multiple things. One, I think Kyle Schwarber should have 35 home runs this month. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. that, that should help. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do think Kyle Schwarber, he, he has looked a lot better at the plate, and I think he has been a much better leadoff hitter for this team. Mm. I, I do think if that continues, the Phillies offense will be in a very great spot. Um, another tear for Bryce Harper, which I, I think that's happening. They not need one a, of recent. Yeah, this Just they need like another Barry Bonds like yeah, right. performance from Harper for the rest of the season, really. Um, and it'll be nice for his elbow to progress. But I, you know, I, I asked Joe last week if if his elbow is feeling better. He didn't really give any info, so I think we'll learn more about that once it becomes closer to when he actually starts throwing. But I think they need one of Reese Hoskins or Nick Castellanos to really heat up. Both guys have really struggled the last few weeks. Sorry, this isn't this isn't one thing at all, but um, they also, yeah, they need Corey Knable to not blow games in ninth inning, and that's probably the biggest thing there. They they need a closer because um, I I do think the lineup is going to be capable of hitting the pitching staff that they're going to see over the next few weeks. I think the starting rotation is in a pretty good spot. Um, the guys around him in the bullpen are pitching a lot better. Paul, you mentioned Brad Hand and his thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, appearance scored scoreless streak. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez looks better too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Knable is the one that's messing up. So yeah, ironically, um, they, they really need him to get going because um, they could try to put Sir Anthony in that spot. They could put Hand, but the only other lefty is Christopher Sanchez. So I don't think they'll do that. But um, and it'll be a lot better for a team to not blow games every time in the ninth inning because I do think that takes a lot out of a team um so so once can able get straightened out I think the Phillies will get rolling well you know and and to your point about there not being one thing to answer there uh I I think it's just indicative of, of where this team is we have a lot of positive momentum right now there's plenty of reason to feel great last weekend was you know a series that doesn't come along very often and they could very well ride this wave into something much better in the summer months. That being said, there's still plenty flawed and there's still a lot of work to be done both in the standings and probably around the roster. Uh, so even as we're feeling pretty good right now in this weekend uh, and all of the, the wonderful things that have brought us in the way that series ended, it is important to know that there's still, there's still a long way to go. Um, Thankfully, there's still a lot of season left too, somewhere around 110 games. And maybe maybe this is the month the Phillies start making some ground. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see how the games play out. All right, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, it's been wonderful having both of you, Destiny Legardo, Leo, Mor- Leo Morgenstern, 
uh, of Phillies Nation and Phillies SI, respectively. You can follow them both on social media, and I, I highly recommend you do so if you don't already, which can't be many of you. Uh, you can find Destiny on Twitter at, at Destiny underscore Lugardo and Leo at, at Morgan Stern MLB. You can uh, check out both of their, um, their musings, their thoughts, their insights, as well as links to their writing. Uh, you can catch it all there, and uh, you're really going to find few folks in those uh in the Phillies blogosphere. Do we still use the term blogosphere? I'll stick with blogosphere. Yeah. In the Phillies blogosphere who offer what they offer. And, and really it's, it's been a thrill to have them both on to, uh, to feel a little excited for a change. Destiny, Leo, thank you both so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us.